Welcome to Crime and Wine. I'm Pamela Fagan Hutchins, your host, and this is the show where I talk with other crime fiction writers about the stories of thrills and suspense that will leave you mystified, sometimes horrified, and always wanting more. Please join me in welcoming today's special guest. Well, hello out there, everybody. This is Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and I'm coming to you from Bakersfield, California, where I guess I sort of live for the next few months. Um, my first show from here, apologize in advance for any technological problems, but uh, I'm excited to be here, and I'm excited about today's guest, one of my fellow Bookature authors. This is Danielle Stewart, and she has a book released like literally today. So I want you to all join me in welcoming Danielle as we talk about her book, The Girl at the Party, and lots more. Welcome to this party, Danielle. Thank you, Pamela. I appreciate it so much. This is probably the best part about writing is being able to sit with people and talk about it. Isn't it? It's like people really care that I wrote a book and what it's about. And it's like living the dream, right? It's always a little shocking. Like I'm like 40 books in and it still is shocking every time that I get to have these cool conversations. I love it. I love it. Well, one of the cool things about this show is that people are commenting um, live as we go. And I'll share a few of them um, along the way. So we have Sue Stanton saying hello. Um, and if Sue's Stanton, if any of these are your buddies, feel free to shout them out. Um, Sherry Brown says hello. And Sue says, yay, Danielle. And Sherry, welcome, ladies. So a lot of familiar faces. That's great. Yay. It is great, isn't it? Well, today is the release date. Is this your first standalone psychological thriller? Uh, it or is. It is. I write a lot of series. And this was so liberating to be able to tie it up at the end and not have to project out six books and to just really throw all the meat into this standalone. So it was awesome that way. Oh, I love it. I love it. I've always done series myself and there does seem to be something really cool about just saying, I'm done with you. You yeah. know, <laughs> you can all die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so tell us about the book, if you could, for those sure, that haven't read it. Yes, that's torture. Uh, you know, summarizing your own work is like the hardest. It's harder than writing the book is writing the blurb on the back. But um, so essentially, it is podcast based, meaning um, there is some true crime involved in it. And a group of friends um, rely on the technology surrounding a podcast to work through a crime that they were um involved in a murder that they knew the person. And so now with true crime and podcasts being all the rage, they see that as a path to maybe finally make some progress on the case. Very cool. So is it true crime podcasts that gave you the idea for the book or, or how did it come about? Uh, probably my worry for all of my female friends and how we are now just basically um, our downtime is spent listening to true crime as relaxation. Um, <laughs> I, I, I literally have been like out for a jog listening to a podcast about like a jogger that, that is like murdered. And I'm like, why would I do this to myself? That's really pretty funny. <laughs> but so it was more just trying to get an understanding of, and, and really leaning into the idea that why is this relaxing? 
and <laughs> and why are so many of my friends kind of relaxing to this and also just how much some of those true crime true crime podcasts are changing how we look at cold cases and solving some of them and I, I think that's fascinating so when did you learn about yourself and the relaxation i'm gonna use big air quotes here sure. factor of this as you were going if any yeah. i think it's like the uh but for the grace of god go i feeling of like maybe it's some perspective on tough days where you're like well i'm not chopped up in a freezer right so <laughs> Yeah. So I forgot to get gas last night and I got to deal with it this morning, but like, it could be worse, I guess. Um, yeah. I think it's a little bit of that. And I, and I also think it is, you know, we want these cases to be solved. You, you right. get heavily invested and it, you get this transparency to like holes in the system and things that, you know, are broken that need to get fixed. And so I think you get that front row seat to really, trying to understand how these cases can be solved by just some, you know, um, cutting some of the red tape and just looking into them. So I, I find it fascinating from all different angles, but it definitely, I don't know if you experienced the same thing, but, but it does seem like that is a pastime now that a lot of my peers and friends are, are um, diving into. Yeah, I I have found that. And I'll admit, it's not something I do mainly because I overcommit on books to write. And I find myself thinking, if I had time, I'm going to do this. But, and I guess the other difference is, is every time I'm listening to something, it's a book for this show. It's like I'm somehow converting it to uh, audio to listen. So it's like fictional crime, but it's a similar feeling, right? I listen to murder for relaxation. You're listening to real murder. I'm listening to fake murder. And I have to give a shout out here that um, uh, the podcast, and I'll put this in the liner notes so you guys can go and take a look at it. It was picked as this uh, crime and wine was picked as one of the uh, top 20 um, crime fiction podcast to listen to best That's out there. Incredible. Congratulations. So I'll give awesome. you more information that in the notes, but it's that same thing, right? People are tuning in when we're talking about chopping up people and putting them in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's a, uh, someone should definitely look into it um, of why it is uh, just a full on pastime now. And it's interesting when you started writing, what was the first genre you tackled? Um, yeah, I was I was in the romantic suspense world. I really enjoyed that kind of uh, light romance connection with a you know twisty kind of plot. Um, whereas psychological thriller, what's very liberating about it is you can have some unlikable characters. You right. can have some darkness. You don't have to redeem everyone. It can be a little messier whereas with romantic suspense you know you really are trying to make sure that the characters are lovable honestly mm -hmm. and and your bad guys are bad and your good guys are good and in a psychological thriller what's been such a cool experience is is no one's all good and no one is all bad and um i enjoyed that gray area quite a bit yeah, you do get kind of hemmed in by the tropes and and the and the different things that are expected. You can do an unreliable narrator. You can do you know a completely hideous and and unlikable victim. You know yeah. things that you just can't get away with elsewhere. So I love seeing you have this kind of fun. It's fantastic. Do you think you're going to do more psychological thrillers? Will you go back to series work? What do you think your next move will be? 
So I've got another book um, coming out. It's a standalone as well. It's called The Teacher. It's a psychological thriller. Um, the cover reveal was today. So it, was, it's, it has been a busy day. Um, but but I love this genre. I think what I, um, I've always read it. I, I think that's really what it was. So I was writing romantic suspense and, and really do love it. And then some women's fiction with, um, you know, a little bit more layered emotion and I, I love that as well. But when I'm reading these days, I am really, I've kind of become okay with it not all working out in the end or not all working out the way I thought it was going to work out or the way I would expect with a trope. And so writing it, I've, I have really found a, a passion for that side of it too. I was able to really explore different facets of my own personality um, and, and people in my life and do it in a much deeper way, which I loved. So you guys out there tell us if you read psychological suspense or if you listen to true, true crime podcasts, I'd love to hear as you're commenting, because as those that are watching the video version of this have seen, there've been a lot of comments coming in. Um, now, what I really today wanted to talk to you about most of all, though, was whales. No, listen. <laughs> my theory is proving true. I've been afraid of whales for 25 years. And now if you watch the news in the last like six months, they're eating whales. boats. They're eating boats. Smushing yeah. people. I've been talking about this for years <laughs> and I was alone. I'm a little obsessed with the killer whales that are um, that are that are eating the boats myself. I have never been ahead of the curve or, or like ahead of the trend, and now I finally feel like I've been trying to warn people. I mean, I came by the fear honestly. We went to the Omni Theater when I was like seven, and that's the like immersive, like, and it was the whale one, and then that was it. They were jumping over, but I I've been warning people, and everyone laughed until now. Yeah, they're, turning they're, on smart. they're smart boogers. So will we see whales in your books? A psychological thriller, I mean, whale killer, or... Maybe, maybe <laughs> now that, that it's on trend uh, before this. <laughs> it's really a thing now. I know. No one, I, no one I had ever met shared the same fear. Uh, and I guess it's not a bad fear to have because I don't spend a lot of time in the ocean. So statistically, I'm probably safe, but... But still, even just the noise, just even when they're on TV. I just, wow. Well, you oh think of God. Moby Dick. I mean, what was that? It was a whale attacking a boat, right? And and so, you know, we've known better. This route. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've known better, and yet we keep going out there on yep. boats. And oh, goodness. Well, um, this brings us to the part of the show where I, uh, well, I, I like to call it the speed round. And I ask oh, my guest, I ask. Man, I am. Okay, so moving, <laughs> moving. For those that follow um, me, we're getting a lot of people today that, in addition to my readers, that are people that follow Danielle. But for those of you that know me well, you know I just spent eight days in a car with four dogs having car trouble trying to get from Maine to Southern California or Central oh. California. My brain is exploding. Anyway, we're getting to the speed round, folks. Okay. Say that five times fast, Pamela. And I ask virtually the same questions of all my guests. And it rewards those of you that follow the show so that you I can know the questions. <laughs> <laughs> I do give them a chance to read them. I watched, I watched the episode so that I oh, 
Very ready. Nice. Because I win, right? Is there a winner? That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> a winner. Competitive much there, Danielle. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll give you a glass of this lovely sangria as Cheers. you can see me in California. The sangria would yeah. be great. It'd be great. <laughs> well, and you know, I might throw a few curveballs for okay. you these questions okay. based Challenge on accepted. your um, bio. <laughs> so we'll start with um, bottled wine or box wine? Bottled wine. I, 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 all wine, all wine, depending oh. on the situation, but, <laughs> but I do have a few bottles that I enjoy regularly or that are your favorites, your go-tos. Yeah. You like yeah. Do you like to do like wine tastings or vacations or things like that? I do. I, um, you know, I am one of those people that love a glass with dinner, but I always go back to my favorites. Like I will definitely try other wines, but I just have a few that I, they're reliable and they're perfect and they pair with everything. So I go back to a bottle of Camus or, Miomi or something like that. And just, they do the trick. <laughs> well, you know, there is that whole thing has a cork came from a grape. It's yep. a good, it's a good thing. It's a good combination. Yep. <laughs> do you have a particular writing outfit that you write in? Yeah. So I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, it's that wearable blanket, not the snuggie, not the old school. This is the hood. Yeah. Full blanket down to the ankles my husband says it looks like Grimace. You remember Grimace from McDonald's? Yes, I like, do. yeah, yes, I do. looks a lot like that. And um, it will be very warm out. And my husband will say, "How can you have that on?" And I said, "This is not. This is a feeling. This is not an outfit. This is like uh, my essence right now is this wearable blanket. So temperature doesn't matter, um, but cozy. That's how cozy I write. And sweaty. Cozy. Yeah, sweaty. It, that's right." He's always like, how can you have that on? I'm like, this sexy is a, vibe. I'm yeah, this is a vibe. This is not. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, all right. So it's happy. No, no, wait. You're, uh, well, I'm going to ask. It's happy hour. Is it wine? Yeah, usually it is wine. I will, I will definitely have a beer if we're at a brewery or a margarita or, you know, whatever the, whatever the specialty drink is. I like a Moscow mule. Sometimes uh -huh. too. You and my he's husband awesome. would, yeah, would drink nice well together. Mule. Yep. Yeah. He's very much a mule man. Okay. You have a theme song. You must have a theme song for this next question. What okay. is it? I'm really into Noah Khan, who I feel like no one is going to know, but he's like a folk singer that's really popular right now. And it is not exaggerating to say that I wrote The Girl at the Party entirely with that playlist on loop he's saying stick season right now it's really popular but like beginning to end if i was writing for four hours i just looped that for four hours it was probably unhealthy but <laughs> do you um, normally do a playlist for each book you write or you just kind of have something you're stuck on and it I just have something i'm stuck on yeah. and it seems to shape a little bit of the essence of the book and i just love that yeah 
Yeah, I do. I do the same thing. And and uh, to me, music is is a language to me as much as writing is. And, and I love I love that. So do we look for drops about musicians or songs or ways in which they're woven into your books? Is that something we should be trying to spy or is it more subtle than that? Danielle? I think it's subconscious. I think it's really just like that was a super that whole album is very subdued. It's kind of a love letter to New England. It's very um emotional and kind of gritty and that's where I was at with this book and so it ended up being perfect awesome I love that okay you win the lottery yeah you win the lottery okay first five things you buy when you win the lottery Ooh, or do with the money uh I have such a big family and we are from a very small area so I think I would literally just make it rain money on everybody up there everyone works so hard and it's cold and it's hot and it's New England and they're so you know I, I think that's what I would do I would we would get a house somewhere maybe a compound because I would want to live all together so maybe yeah. a compound for my entire family where we could all have space but common areas yes and do you have so you said big family you're from yes. a big family and do you you live far from them now now I do yes Oh, that must I do. So my compound, it is hard, but it kind of makes our houses destinations, which is nice too. So yeah. there's a lot of meat in the middle. There's a lot of our house, their house. And I, I think there's something kind of special about if you're getting a week together and you're living together for that week, it's really like immersive. And rather than just kind of popping in on each other, living right. close by. Right. And can you pick up eggs on your way over? Yeah. And, it's, you know. it's like you're in there for yeah. a week or 10 days. And I love that quality time. Yes. Um, so with the next place you travel to, mm -hmm. will that be something family or related? Or do you have some other grand travel or favorite place you like mm -hmm. to go? So probably just because of, you know how sometimes you go on a trip and the stars align, like my son had a blast and it just, it was like the least stressful vacation. We went to San Diego and like, it was, the weather was just like miraculously the same every day and perfect and not too hot, and not too cold. And then in addition to that, like my son just loves to like climb and be on things. And every day we'd like, do you want to go to Disney? Do you want to go to Legoland? And he wanted to go to like this park. There was like a park outdoor playground. He was like, I want to go back to that playground. And it was just the simplest, best vacation. The food was incredible. We saw a baseball game and it, it just... So I would go back to San Diego. If I could plan something that's tomorrow, cool. that's where I would go. That's pretty cool. Well, if you do that, you'll have to stop by Bakersfield, <laughs> which I'm currently calling Baker's Hell because it's going to be 115 degrees by I don't Sunday. Know. I think that counts as hell. Yes. Yes. That rises to the threshold of <laughs> it does. It does. To AC. Well, I hope that this book is just the start of a psychological thriller bent of success for you. Thank you. Following up with the teacher and killing it. I'm so. really excited. I appreciate it. This is, this is, like I said, this is the best part. It's being able to chat about it and talk books and I love it. Well, thank you everyone that's out there and has been interacting with us and your comments have been coming so fast. I've tried to put everybody's on the screen. Um, you guys are awesome. Danielle, you're awesome. Thanks for coming on the show and I hope I can catch you on here again some other time. Thank you for having me, Pamela. Absolutely. We'll catch you next time. And you guys, 
Thanks a ton for making this all possible. I want to be sure that I go through the obligatory things that you know I'm required to do as a part of this show, the first of which, oh, not required, but I should have told you, Danielle Stewart's website, authordanielstewart.com, where you can find ways to pick up all of her books, but be sure and go out to your favorite retailer, um, uh, Amazon always works, for the girl at the party. If you want to watch past shows, catch upcoming shows, or find information about the books the authors have that were on my shows, you can go to my website where you can also find my newest releases, Bighorn and Sitting Dunk. And you can read my books free in Kindle Unlimited or in all formats um, everywhere else. Crime and Wine is copyrighted and solely owned by authors on the Air Global Radio Network. All hail Pam Stack, Uber producer. Go out there and read you a good book this week. Why don't you guys? And I will see you next time. Thanks for joining us today on Crime and Wine, chats with crime fiction authors and Pamela Fagan Hutchins. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll check back in with us next time for more thrills, suspense, and stories that will mystify, sometimes horrify, and always leave you wanting more.